Welcome to the world of Jake Labatt's. His new album is called Hair on Fire. In addition to making music, Jake is an actor, a Buddhist, and a meditation instructor. Some of these experiences can be heard in the music that Jake makes. Here he is to explain. Striking on the darkest hour Not so distant stars The title of this album, Hair on Fire, relates to a saying that we have in Buddhism, which is to, that a meditation pract- practitioner should practice as if their hair is on fire. And uh, meaning to really go for it and explore and see what uh, their life is about and what it's for and uh, to open up. So there's a kind of a premise in there. It was maybe not intentional, really. It's just that I'm a meditation practitioner. So, of course, I write about what's happening uh, around me and and so on and within me. And, um, you know, this album, uh, it has probably a lot of elements about meditation practice in there somewhere. Hair on Fire is a good example of it. That one I actually sing about practicing meditation. Right, right. And one interesting thing to me about about that, if I might say so, is uh, that in a lot of spiritual traditions, you know, music is a big part of it. And, you know, I can already tell your musical tastes run to soul music. So you probably also know something about gospel music. A little bit. Yep. Yep. And, you know, the African-American gospel tradition, it's so rich and so powerful. And it's, uh, you, I, I, I don't think there are probably very many Americana type roots Americana type songwriters who aren't somehow influenced by that either directly or indirectly. In my case, it's very directly. Right. And, uh, but in my own spiritual um, scene, so to speak, uh, in Buddhism, the music has kind of gotten separated out as it came from East to West. Uh, it's either kind of like awkwardly rearranged somehow as it comes from Tibet or India, or it's, uh, cut out completely or, you know, otherwise doesn't quite make it into the, the practice uh, world of, um, you know, the spiritual practice world. So um, I feel like that's a missing piece, actually, in, um, in Western Buddhism. It's like, you know, right. where is the music? And yet I don't particularly want to write like some heavy handed Buddhist music either, because right. that's, uh, you know, Buddhism is about opening to one's life and experience. And so I'm, I'm trying to write, you know, openly about life and experience that probably the same as any songwriter just happens to have this other little uh, thing, which is that I practice meditation. Right. You have another little thing. You do some acting as well, right? Yeah. Every once in a while, every once in a while, I used to do more when I lived in uh, Los Angeles, when I was in oh. proximity yep. to that to that world. And, you know, every once in a while the phone rings and I'll do something. I did a movie recently with uh, fellow musician, John Doe. Oh, right. I, uh, I just talked to John Doe a few months ago. Yeah. I feel like he's just been everywhere I am. Everyone <laughs> I talked to, hey, I just interviewed John Doe. Uh, I'm a big fan of John. He's great. And he's also yeah. a really good actor. Ah. And he what, what kind of film is it? Oh, well, I guess he didn't tell you. So it's uh, it's a film noir called uh, DOA, Dead on Arrival. It's a remake of a famous old film noir. Cool. And uh, John uh, 
is the uh, kind of private eye lead. Uh, and I'm a tough guy that, believe it or not, that, <laughs> that roughs him up a bit. Stereotyped again, have you been? <laughs> well, I noticed that the opening track, Let It Fall, is, is that the opening track on the album? Because I want to make sure I got the order correct. Yeah, it starts out with something about the makeup coming, uh, come falling off. So uh, is that a reference to your acting uh, experiences? When the makeup comes falling off Hypoallergenic love Sympathetic powder puff down the drain. I think it's a reference to the put on personas that all human beings pretty much seem to have. Right. And that we, uh, you know, we create and that we put out to the world and that we kind of hide behind. You know, in some sense, it's a kind of armor. It's a kind of a protection, protective thing that hides us uh you know, our, our deeper selves or other parts of us that we don't want to be seen, um, you know, from the world and keeps them from coming out. So I think that's kind of more what I'm getting at there, but nonetheless, the, the showbiz world is a kind of a good metaphor for it. And right. all of that, uh, kind of, uh, pomp and circumstance and makeup and so on. Right. Now, one track I wanted to touch on was it looked just like a gun. Uh, Lyrically, it's got stuff going on, something about Christmas, and well, anytime guns and Christmas are mixed, you got problems, right? It looked just like a gun. It looked just like a gun. And he looked like the type that's on the run. Oh, looked like a gun to me. Have a merry Christmas, have a merry Christmas. They often seem to be mixed. Yeah, I, mean, I know. That's one of the, <laughs> the year for suicide, uh, at yes. least in the U.S. I don't know how right. it is in New Zealand. We have a very serious problem with it here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it kind of touches into the something about that and also this kind of disparity of between um, wanting to have uh, holidays and uh, presents and um, maybe even have a savior that's going to save us from our particular problem. Right. And then all of the, uh, you know, the kind of the, the fear that's going on on the other side. So this kind of hope and fear situation. Right. Now, what, uh, where, whereabouts did you record the album and what were the, what was the situation? Everybody's recording in different sit, you know, home studios, kind of keeping low profile, big studio things, vintage studios. What was your situation like? I'm not, um, a very tech, oriented or um, a handy type of person either. So I, I don't do the home studio thing. I record very lo-fi demos, right. uh, you know, and then I go into a studio to actually make records. And the last three albums, including this one, I recorded in Chicago at the High Style Studios, Reliable Recorder Studio, which is uh, 
famously where J.D. McPherson cut his first album and Pokey Lafarge has cut a few albums. Uh, right. I've cut a few there. And, um, you know, some other people kind of in our world. But you did produce With the record yourself, right? Yeah, I produced it myself uh, this time. The last two were produced by my friend Jimmy Sutton and... Uh, this one I produced with my friend Alex Hall Engineering, who's right. really a fantastic engineer. And he's the drummer on the record as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's kind of doing yeah. both. He's kind of, you know, stringing <laughs> cable and getting drum sounds and then jumping back there. Right. So is it kind of recorded live in the studio? Or is there a lot of overdubbing? What was the vibe like in, when you're recording? It's really a mix. Um, for one thing, we were still pretty deep in the pandemic for uh, for the tracking. So it was myself and Alex and the bass player, Bo Sample, it was the three of us as the core band recording the songs. And then we brought in uh, Scott Legan to overdub and a couple other people to overdub things. But uh, a lot of the songs I wrote on keyboards and I'm right. not really a keyboard player. So that's that's an issue when you're recording live, right? You know, I could pull it off, <laughs> and I and I did. I played keys on, on some of it, but uh, so we would have to, you know, kind of record maybe a couple instruments at once, and then go back and, and overdub. So sometimes it was it was totally live, like you know, as live as you can be with just three guys, and uh, other times it was a little bit more building out of you know a couple tracks at a time. Gotcha, gotcha. I see you've released a couple of videos, Hair on Fire and uh, Hope the Sunshine. Do you think about visualizing your rec your music at all, or is it just something that you kind of do on after the fact? Oh, for making the, the, videos? the videos? Yeah. Well, in this case, I mostly relied on the directors, the creators of the videos to come up with um, their own story. And, uh, you know, a couple of them I talked out with the people ahead of time, but I really like it when people have their own, you know, creative inspiration for it. And I'm not maybe manipulating uh, too much. So, you know, it's because like the song has its own stories and its own images and its own metaphors and everything. And you could just go straight and just stay right with that. Or you could kind of create this kind of separate story and you know, see what happens when you put the two together and that's kind of interesting. Right, right, right. I was worried about that guitar you were playing in the pool. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was the director's guitar. I think he was worried about it too. <laughs> he still plays right. And there seems to be that some kind of political underpinnings to some of the songs. Bernie Sanders has mentioned a dark and evil president. So that must be weighing on your mind. Uh, care to elaborate? Well, sure. I mean, I live in this world. I live in this country. Uh, there's no way out of it. Um, so, <laughs> yes, know, there so. is. I, I got out. <laughs> well, you got out, but nonetheless, you know, you're still part of this world and yeah, you still yeah. have all the, the collective, you know, uh, United States culture in you. That is a fact. Yeah. So, and nobody escapes really from the U.S. I mean, we just have this footprint everywhere. Yeah, uh, in some way or another way, but yeah, I can appreciate that you might not want to want to you know that you might want to live someplace else. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah the you know I wasn't trying to kind of put out a heavy political message, but nonetheless, 
you know, first McDonald's on the moon, it's not that far off. Actually, right. from what's up in the news right now as we speak, that there's yep. this whole moon situation that's kind of the jumping off point for the Mars situation. First McDonald's on the moon. Taking applications this afternoon. Bernie Sanders got me $15 an hour. Flipping burgers in a media shower. If you don't commute, it's a living way. So I'm down here in a man-made cave. 800 stories down. And they're going to have to stop and eat on the way, right? <laughs> have to those 3D printers uh, that you know, shoot out uh, whatever fake hamburgers. <laughs> and and the the track "Getting Ready to Roll" has got the dark and evil president, but it also has, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I maybe picked up something a little James Brown intro to it. So I, I don't know if that's the case. Or not. Hey, wait a minute. On the radio, voices on the come and go, trying to win a talent show, but don't know why it's severed at the necktie. Getting ready to roll. Oh, oh, you mean, yeah, there's kind of like the chattering going on. I think I was, yeah. uh, yeah, I think I was thinking about uh, Cloud Nine actually, the temptation. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, hang on, hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> Temptations, great. <laughs> So you're a fan of all that stuff, obviously. How did you get exposed to it all? You're from Chicago, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of things that were just part of the scenery, you know, part of the living room in, in Chicago yeah. in some ways. Uh, I just really loved um, soul music, reggae you know, I didn't really blues like it was around, but I didn't oh, know sure. what it was yet. You know, like the more readily available stuff was the music I was hearing on the radio. And in the 70s, you you probably remember, you know, the radio stations would play a mix of soul and rock and sure. roll and, you know, singer songwriter stuff and whatever. Yep. And uh, so mostly I was listening to the radio. And then as I started to dig in a little deeper and as a young teenager, I, I would go to the library. And uh, the Chicago Library had great uh, collections of, of blues albums. And then I realized that some of these guys I was listening to at the library were people I had seen playing outside on the street, on Maxwell Street. Right. So, um, you know, I, and I was playing a little bit of guitar then. And, and pretty soon I was hanging out with those guys, you know, sneaking into clubs to hear them like Honey Boy, I probably... Honey Boy Edwards, I probably saw him when I was about 17 or 18. You know, I snuck into a, nice. a bar and and it was like amazing. Like, here's this guy yep. I've been listening to on record and he's like, he exists and he's doing, he's like a window to this other time and place. And he's, you know, uh, but he's, he's a living, breathing human being cracking jokes on stage. He made this funny joke about, he said, well, there wasn't, his finger was wrapped up in a bandage and he was having a hard time playing. Right. He said, there wasn't meat on my table tonight. I had to cut into <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. 
Fantastic. So are you taking the show on the road? Are you doing live gigs after the record comes out on uh, Friday? Yeah, I'm actually hitting the road uh, day after tomorrow and doing a tour playing at tattoo shops, mostly tattoo shops around the U.S. It's called the Tattoo Across America Tour. Okay. And I've been doing it off and on since 2006. I've probably done that one about uh, eight, or, eight or nine times now, something like that. So I have a lot of old uh, pals. I've been uh, had a lot of friends in the tattoo world, you know, since I was a young guy, and right, uh, and those friendships, uh, you know, have continued. And I, I go out and visit these guys and play their shops, and we add in some new shops sometimes, and then playing some other interesting kind of community events, uh, like a homeless shelter and a recovery program thing, and playing the Outsiders House Museum, where they filmed the movie The Outsiders in Tulsa, which right. is now uh, a museum that's run by uh, Danny Boy O'Connor, who is the front man of the band House of Pain, uh, who you might remember right. your song, sure. Jump Around. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be some unusual venues, a couple of bars, and I'll be out there, you know, singing the new songs. And then I'll do some other shows. with the, These are solo shows. I'll be doing some shows with the band, later in uh october november um in you know midwest east coast and other places very good all right well thank you for taking time talking to me i really appreciate it yeah come down here if you get a chance and uh good luck with the record all right sounds good marty thanks for having me